Welcome to the NARPM Podcast, where we bring you the most in-depth look into the property management industry. We discuss hot topics with property managers, vendors, and those that support the property management industry. The National Association of Residential Property Managers is the recognized leader in property management. Our host is Pete Newbig, co-founder of Empire Industries Property Management and co-founder and CEO of VPM Solutions, where property management meets global talent. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the host and are not necessarily those of NARPM. Now, here's your host, Pete Newbig. Welcome to the Norton Podcast, and thanks for joining us today. I'm really excited about the, the guest that we have today. We have Tyler Craddock. Tyler is the, f- the lead federal lobbyist for NARPM. He has over 20 years' experience of legislative and lobbying experience on federal, state, and local issues affecting regulation and governance of businesses and trade organizations. He's held positions in government, education, business, and nonprofit sectors. So I've been trying to get Tyler on for a while. He's a busy man. So I'm really excited to talk all things about, you know, what, what he and his team are doing to help property managers and ultimately our clients, landlords, against, the, you know, fighting the good fight against, you know, government infringing upon our business. And that's going to lead me to the hot topic, the hot topic of the day. If you're not at least perusing through the NARPM National Reports, I highly recommend that you do so. There's a report that came out in December, and I started reading it, and basically, Kansas City has an ordinance that would prohibit Kansas City landlords from, quote-unquote, discrimination against renters based on, get this, credit worthiness, past evictions, criminal evictions, or even source of income. So, the, so look, we already have the, the, the seven classes, the seven protected classes from federal fair housing, right? With race, color, religion, sex, disability, national origin, you know, all that stuff, right? Familiar status. And then they came out with the disparate impact, right? And disparate impact, in a nutshell, if you, if you have any policies that end up impacting a protected class, then you're, you're in violation, an example of this is you can't just straight out and say no convictions anymore, right? No felons, right? Because that disparately impacts one of the seven classes. And they said it impacts, you know, race because more people of a certain race are incarcerated than, than other people. So if you say that, you're disparately impacting, you know, somebody, somebody in one of, the, one of the protected classes. But this is going way above and beyond and completely completely going to change the, the whole name of the game here. I mean, at the end of the day, we get around a lot of this stuff, especially felons or, or, or just people who aren't going to pay, based on what? Credit worthiness, right? I mean, isn't that the first thing that we all look at? If you want to know somebody's future, look at the past. And if the past says their credit is crap, guess what's going to happen? If the past says they don't pay your, the landlord, guess what's going to happen? And then you're telling me that I can't look at evictions? Basically, this is just saying, like, if you have a, if you could fog a mirror, you get the house. And I can't deny you in any way. I mean, it's, it's in insanity what this ordinance is proposing. And this is the type of stuff that Tyler and his team actually try to protect us against. 
right? So this is this is exactly why we need to invest money in in the NARPM pack and, and invest money in NARPM as well. If you're listening to this and you're not a NARPM member, this is what some of your dues go to. This is this is it, right? And these are the things that we're so busy as property managers, we don't have time to to march on, you know, to march in in front of Congress. Or we don't have time to do this. This is, but this is what Tyler and his team does, right? So what happens is they keep taking away some of our liberties because we're too busy working. And I know for from you know from the point of view of a property manager, none of us are just sitting around with just twiddling our thumbs. We're all very very busy, right? I mean, to the point where I know most of you out there are working 40, 50, 60, 80 hours a week, if not more. And so we don't have time to 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 deal with this. So then what happens is, you know, these things get put into in, into law, and now we're now we have to deal with it. Well. Enters, enter Tyler and his team and, uh, and how they, they fight on this. They fight for us. There's a lot more tenant advocacy groups than there are landlord advocacy groups. And so NARPM is by far one of the, one of the bigger, better landlord advocacy groups. I would even go back go and tell your landlords, like I would tell your landlords some of the stuff that, that's happening in California and Kansas City, even if you're not in those markets, so that maybe they even contribute to NARPM to help fight you know their cause for their cause so it's really interesting it, this is the december i think it's it's the december 5th newsletter if you want to read more about this proposal and how it will literally kill the market think about this if i cannot deny people why i mean i'm telling you right now i own a bunch of property if, if this was ever happening in my market man i'd be selling this i'd be selling real quick really really quick anyway we got a great show We'll be back after these commercials with our interview with Tyler. Pete Newbig here, former owner of Empire Industries. We managed around a thousand single family properties in Houston, Texas. Property inspections was a massive time killer for our team. They were overworked from being out of the office and trying to catch up. Their reports would miss important items. They just didn't have time to do them well. And worse, we weren't even charging for all the time we were spending doing them. We solved this problem by using on-site pros. They scheduled directly with our residents for our annual reports and became our eyes, ears, and nose at our properties. Beyond that, they solved the problem of security deposit disputes with their incredibly detailed move-in and move-out reports. And our owners were happy to pay for the quality of reports we deliver. It was one of the best things I ever implemented for both my team and my investors. I can't imagine trying to manage properties without them on my team. For more information, go to onsitepros.com or call 210-610-0132. Onsite, S-I-G-H-T, pros.com. most tenants struggle to come up with a large sum of money needed to move into their new rental home? Let Renters Insurance Solutions help you solve this problem by giving tenants another option for security deposits. Property managers can make up to $200 per door annually with our programs. Learn more at our website, yourris.com. That's Y-O-U-R-R-I-S.com. Renters Insurance Solutions, your experts in property management and insurance. Welcome back, everybody. And as promised, we have Tyler Craddock with the, with the Governmental Affairs Director with NARPM. And so, Tyler, thank you so much for being here today. And thank you for having me, Pete. Absolutely happy to be here and completely uh, an honor to be able to join you. 
Well, this is one of the benefits of joining NARPM is, is actually having an organization that fights for our causes. So I, obviously, as the governmental affairs director, you work closely with the NARPM government, governmental affairs committee. Easy for you to say, right? But what is the main purpose of the governmental affairs committee? Uh, the main purpose is to direct the advocacy efforts of NARPM, right? So NARPM is out there on the front lines at the federal, state, and local levels, leading the good fight on behalf of property managers, investors. And so that, that work that, that I do on the staff side, it, it, it's driven, it's member-driven, right? NARPM is a member-driven organization, and that's the, uh, the committee with responsibility for uh, overseeing that work. So basically, my understanding is there, there are tons and tons of tenant-like advocacy groups. Exactly. But there's not too many property manager or owner investor owner advocacy groups is that is that a fair statement i I would say that there probably are more of them than there are of us generally within the within the within the real estate sector we're sort of broken out by niches of just sort of which which part of the market we cover you know narpom covering you small particularly single fam but also small multi-fam management for mom and pop owners but there, but there are other groups out there that cover other parts of the market. But it, it seems like there, you're right, Pete. There tends to be an, an overlapping, and, and a cascading, if you will, of, of the tenants groups with which we with which we work. Yeah, and I would say you know part of our membership dues go go towards this fight. But there, there's there actually you can invest more money into the NARPM pack. Is that correct? Correct. As well, we, uh, actually, two two ways. You right, you have the NARPM pack, which is uh, funds that are used to support pro property management candidates and elected officials, and then there's the NARPM advocacy fund, which is used to also help administer help with the cost of administering our advocacy program. Some of those hard costs, some of the costs right. of operating the pack, and our our members. Both our board in terms of what they provide in general fund support, but then our members in, in supporting the PAC and the advocacy fund have just been extraordinarily uh, generous. And it's uh, it's it's really cool because it's, it's real honor to represent these folks. Got it. Okay. So one basically helps us elect the officials that are basically have our, be- have our best interests at, at heart. And then the other one is to basically support the folks that are going on the front lines and fighting f- for our causes. Correct. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's all I'll, our, our, uh, Overhead it helps with our overhead, yep. if you will. Now I know there's strength in numbers, and obviously you know NARPM is a is a is a great group of folks, but it's a smaller group, like kind of compared to you know National Association of Realtors or some of the big you know some of the big multifamily multifamily people out there. Is do we have we or do or do we plan to partner with some of these folks on on issues that we are, that would benefit all all of the parties? when it comes to real estate or, or multifamily versus single family? We do that every day because nothing nothing in Washington, DC, and let me preface this by saying most of my work on behalf of NARPM is 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 in DC, right? I do do our federal stuff. I help the state and local chapters, but it's, it's mostly federal. Nothing in Washington can sort of happen in a vacuum or happen because of one person or one group. We, we work in coalitions. We have to live in existing coalitions. And we've had some great coalition partners along the way. We work particularly well with the National Apartment Association, the National Multifamily Housing Council, IRM, and others. Uh, 
you know, th those who are concentrated usually right in the, in the in the property management space, but everybody tends to work well together because we all generally want to achieve the same ends. So what are NARPM's current legislative priorities? Several. One of the issues that we're working on is uh, notice to vacate, right? The 30-day notice to vacate that's a vestige of the CARES Act. We got, it, we got legislation introduced by Congressman Barry Loudermill from Georgia, H.R. 802, so it's that. There is a Section 8 reform, which... So let's before, just talk a little bit about that. So currently, right now, they're trying to say you cannot give a three-day notice or a 10-day notice, that you have to give a 30-day notice? Right. If, if it is a covered property under CARES. Okay. Right? So remember, remember, Pete, under CARES, we had this, this bucket of properties, which were, quote, covered properties... Yep. To, to which, like the eviction moratorium applied, that same bucket. Oh, now they're going to extend it, even though COVID's a thing of the past, so to speak. They want to extend it and say 30-day notices now for eviction, yeah. for failure of paying that, rent. That piece of language in federal law survived COVID. Interesting. Okay. So and then with that, like, now with that super... All that went away, but that, that piece survived. Okay. Uh, and so we're, we're trying to get that... It just simply restore. Hey, this is a this is a state process. State law should govern it. I, that was my next question. I was going to ask: Does this federal law supersede state law, and does state law supersede local law? How does that work? So uh, yes, under the supremacy clause of the Constitution, fed, federal law supersedes state law. Now, in many instances, there's no problem if state law exceeds federal law, in that if you know if federal law provides a certain base of protection. For tenants, let's say, generally state law can 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 layer on top of that. Yeah, California typically does that a lot for for tenant yeah. rights. I get yeah, I was gonna say, it, our friends and neighbors in like California, Washington, uh, they're like, yeah, we know, we know, trust us. Yeah, um, and so sometimes though, sometimes the law for the state and for the Fed kind of contradict each other, which puts property managers and, and real estate owners and landlords into kind of like a, a quandary. Like, what what do we actually do? Because the, the judge typically has no idea what the heck's going on, and they just decide to, to rule on whatever they want to rule on. So what are, you, what are your recommendations? If, if I have a state that says one thing, but the Fed says another thing, which one should I follow if all things being equal? Whatever your lawyer tells you. <laughs> okay, great answer. Because I mean, uh, every property manager who's been in court can tell you the, the law sometimes is what a, a general or a district court judge or a justice of the peace or magistrate thinks that it is, right? So mm -hmm. ask your lawyer. That's okay. the most sound advice I can ever give anyone. All right, so we're... we're I, uh, I forgot to tell you, ask your lawyer. That's it. All <laughs> right, so one of the legislative priorities was the, the, the leftover of the CARES Act for the 30-day notice. What's, what's, another, what's another one that we're working um, on? Section 8 reform, that tends to be a perennial issue. You know, around the country, we're seeing more and more, and more instances uh, of, of states and localities wanting to add what's called source of funds as a protected class right so in other words more of our folks whether they want to or, or not are, are in the space of participating in the housing choice voucher program so obviously we you know we want to make that as as an accessible and workable and practical program for not only for those who are, who are required to participate but even those who might want to those owners who may want to participate in that program this year, we're working on what's called Choice and Affordable Housing Act. It's been introduced in both the House and the Senate. It would make some basic reforms. The, the idea is a group of stakeholders, both from the tenant and the, the landlord side, sort of said, okay, 
uh, what are some, I mean, very low hanging fruit type kind of things we can do just as a starting, as a jumping off point? I mean, little things like you, you begin the management of a property, even before you get the tenant, you can go ahead and begin the inspection process, right? I mean, just little things like that. So that, that bill has been introduced in the, both the House and Senate. It has a bipartisan support on both sides of the aisle. And so we're, 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 we're working to try and just raise that as a priority because, you know, Pete, we're talking about how Washington is sometimes different in the, uh, uh, the state level, right? Normally state level, bill gets introduced. Uh, sometimes in the session, it goes to committee. It gets voted up or down. And you just, you have to, you have to just win the argument about the bill. In Washington, it not only has to be something with which people agree, but it has to be something that's a priority because there's so many things, right? So it's it's actually getting, you know, getting it getting on a docket. Just just getting it on getting it to on a docket alone. Okay. That's what we're working on now. It, it uh, the issue itself in a lot of corners politically. There's a there's a lot of sympathy in different ways and different perspectives, but but generally an open mind to because you know nobody wants a program to work badly. Right. So we, that continues to be a lot of work, not a lot of flashy work, but a, a lot of you know, labor in the vineyard, so to speak. OK. Anything else that we're currently working on? Uh, we're still, as, as so many property managers are working through issues with the EPA and with whether or not one has to register, not register, get certified, not certified. <clears throat> as you'll recall, sometime back, the EPA withdrew a couple of uh, FAQs that originally had said, you know, property managers did not have to get firm cert- get a cert- get a firm certification if they were hiring licensed uh, red lead remediators on pre 78 properties but also what was contained in that too and this and this is just a, a, a personal observation was also that because those FAQs it said you don't you don't you don't have to register and if you hire a certified remediator they are the one who are, who is responsible for that work you're not that right. liability piece, that was the one that just, I mean, had the alarm bells in my head going off. So yeah, you, um, you're, as the property manager, you're liable. And meanwhile, you're not even doing any of the work. Right. So uh, <clears throat> we're trying, we're trying to, again, make this a priority, educate members of Congress on it. Cause a lot, most, a lot of them, when you mention it, they don't know what's happened. So we'll, we'll have to see where that goes, both in terms of clarity for our members and like, this is required. This is not what's required. So the clarity, but then you know, we've made the case of, of, hey, you know, if I'm hiring, say, a, a structural engineer to design a foundation system for a home, I don't also have to get certified as an engineer. I hire the engineer, he or she is responsible. Yeah, you know, um, right. So that's that's sort of where we are on that. And then the, the other one thing I would mention is, if you're a NARPA member, you've seen this because we, we sent information out about it. Federal Trade Commission is right now floating a proposed rule that would regulate so-called junk fees, as, as they term them. It would require that that folks advertise what they basically what can be called an all-in price. So, like in the case of property management, cost of the rent plus any required fees. Uh, so we're working through that. It's a, a, a fairly long. I was actually I thought I had it on my desk. I was going to hold it up and show you how thick the rule is. <laughs> We've been working through that with our leadership so that we can you know, provide some response and perspective. I know a number of our other partners are. This rule, I mean, even in it, the, the FTC is, is, says, hey, we're, we really are concerned about ticket sellers like, you know, like, like your StubHubs, 
SeatGeeks, and then also some of the uh, short-term rental platforms, which obviously that not only bumps up against us, that bumps up and overlaps with us because mm -hmm. you know, we have folks doing a, a, a lot of STR work. So yep. we're, we're working through that with our, with our members in the know. And it's uh, again, Pete, it's a regulatory process. It's not, it's not, a, it's not, you know, on the evening news, it's not cute. It's not sexy. It's a lot of, but that's how the, <clears throat> labor in the vineyard and, but that's, that's what we do. So Tyler, it's, 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 it's no secret that, you know, a lot, some of this legislation starts off in California or Washington and the West coast. Mm -hmm. And ultimately it ends up moving across the country. And most of the most of the laws are are very very uh, tenant friendly, right? Example is like you can't even charge a late fee. I mean, there's certain there's just certain crazy things that you just can't do. That here in in the middle of America, in Texas especially, there's things that we can do. How do we prevent that from hap like from from those laws just sweeping the nation? The late Tip O'Neill, former Speaker of the House, used to say that all politics is local. And, and it's, and it's, it's true, right? So, it's, but there's really actually, there's, there, that's true, but then the, the opposite of that is also true that uh, all politics started in Washington. So really to, two ways you go about it, Pete. First is understanding that the, the tenants, the, those who are, are, are trying to push the envelope with regard to tenants' rights, they go about it in two different ways, right? If there is a, what if they feel they have a sympathetic Congress and White House, right? They'll they'll they will try to use federal means to try and push stuff across the board. So right, so that's one side. We fight we fight that there. That's what that's what uh, our team does every day. But then also, and we saw this say 2017 to about 2021, when you know HUD actually was actually trying to move in some of the other direction, right? Like giving us good clarity on um esas especially on esas on <laughs> hud was working very closely to clear up some of the understandings about disparate impacts of the property management right so uh, they didn't necessarily feel that the the administration was was as front of them so then that's when they they go to work in these different states and localities which you're alluding to what it takes is is, is that combined effort right state and local chapters have to be organized, ready to push back. That's actually, and I'm sure you're going to have some of the NARPM leadership on and they'll talk about the new NARPM strategic plan. So I won't, I won't deep dive into that. All right. So Sounds good. All their hard work, but I will say from the advocacy side over the next couple of years, I, I can say that is a very distinct, significant focus for NARPM is empowering our state and local chapters to, to be able to do that, to be able to have the wherewithal to fight back against these things because and not only in states where it's it's happening but states where it might happen yeah right? i mean we the, the challenge i see with that tyler and, and not to poo poo narpum or anything because you know obviously i'm a, I'm a narpum guy but mm -hmm. uh, what i find is that property managers owners of property manager companies they are too busy servicing the client and so they can't you know they don't have the time to to focus on legislative stuff, which is terrible to say, but it's, it's the truth. And then, so these tenant advocacy groups, I don't know if what they do, maybe that's their whole job is to just, you know, you know, advocate for tenants, but they are, they're, they're making headway because we're, we're too busy just working. 
no that's that that's a that's a really fair point that's that's where you know part of what we're trying to do over the next couple of years though there, there, there's some provision being made to to remedy that that dynamic right and you again when as the, as the strap plan as the, the strap plan rolls out you'll you know you'll you'll see some some of that some of that thinking that's in there from our leadership some some very forward thinking some very forward thinking stuff in there because you're you're exactly right it you know, sometimes it feels like the, the tenants' rights folks have all the time in the world to to, to hold up placards at public meetings. And, yeah. And all this, and but it's but I do think we we have, and I say we meaning NARPM, and 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 the folks we represent, we have a, we just we just need to get ourselves in a position to tell the story because we've got a great story to tell, and it's it's not, you know, it's not a week that goes by. That when you when you're introducing, you're telling somebody about NARPM, and this is whether it's state level, federal level, and you say, "Hey, these are the people we represent," and you start talking about the mom and pops, they'll they'll start that. You, you're the guys I've been wanting to hear from on this. It you know because because most of these folks have constituents they know personally back in their district who own one or two properties. So, so are we are we at some point eventually going to partner with? maybe a company or, or some, some folks that can you know, advocate in, on our behalf? Is that, is that something that you see uh, potentially at some point? Because if I, I'm a, when I was a property manager, I served on the local Houston chapter, right? But if you ask me to like, hey, we need to do, you know, we need to fight the, the government on something, man, I barely had enough time to schedule a meeting with the chapter, let alone go do something else. And then I see that even at the, in Texas, we have the Texas state chapter. Not every state has a chapter, but even at the Texas state chapter, you know, these folks that are serving on a chapter, they can barely get a two-day event going on once a year, let alone, you know, advocating for, for NARPM. So we almost need people that do this professionally to help us. Absolutely, right, exactly. And that, that's, that's how our strategic plan is, set up over the next couple of years is to get is, is to help chapters get those resources to then be able to get them the resources and then obviously you know the, the texas chapter or the local chapter you know they can to for them to be able to to do what you're talking about right to hire professional help to do that yeah and then all we have to do is like if we have to invest a little bit of money to to support that then that's much easier than actually doing i could write a check real easy right that's that's exactly that's exactly where, where we're headed is being able to you know, help support chapters doing that rather than just, you know, casting them out there. Yeah. And I, I do want to pause here real quick. So I, I do want to tell, like, if you're listening to this and you are a NARPA member and you have not given to the PAC or the advocacy fund, shame on you because these people are literally fighting for our rights. And I don't sit at, at a NARPA national conference or at a meeting and say, I can't believe that now, you know, there's 30 day late fees. I can't, you know, 30 day notices instead of a three day notice, or I can't believe that my, we could, we got capped on late fees, man, things are coming down the pipeline. And if you don't know about it, I mean, and if, and if we don't have any money that gets, goes into these, this advocacy committee, this advocacy group, we're never going to win any battles. Right. So I get it. We're all busy. I get it that we, we, we don't have the time, but at least we should invest and know exactly, know a little bit what's going on and, and invest some, some monies so that people can fight for us. So you don't have to, you don't have to have the fight yourself, but people can fight for it. People like Tyler and the, and the governmental committee and hopefully our partnerships can, can fight for us. So that, that's exactly right. Pete. Thank, thank you for, thank you for plugging that. It's very important. And, 
and exactly what you were getting at about about chapters being able to, to hire professional the, the advocacy fund is we're set up to, for that to play a much larger role in that yes you know, money of money and that being able with some point once we you know, get all, all the pieces in place that, that you know significant piece of that would flow back to chapters when members invest in the advocacy fund they're supporting what we do in dc but then it's flowing back to the chapters as well so they have it for their yeah uh, and, and look i know some some states are are are, are operating at a higher efficiency than other states, right? Like uh, I know Colorado, I'm going to give my buddy Lyle Haas a big shout out. Mm-hmm. Lyle and, and the, the the team out there in Colorado connected with, I believe, a lobbyist. And like that yeah. person literally is kind of on our, their payroll to help yeah. fight, yeah. you know, advocacy for our, our owners. And by the way, if you're not asking your owners to invest in this PAC or this advocacy fund, that would be a great thing, you know, to at least let the owners know, hey, this is fighting for your rights, right? It doesn't just have to be you as the property manager company. You can literally ask your owners, you know, send this stuff out to, to your to your investor owners. Let them contribute so that we can fight the good fight as well. Mm-hmm. Washington State has also hired, has, has hired a lobbyist. It might be too late for Washington, but... but. Jim is an absolute, you know, and, and, and I promise he didn't pay me to say this, but Jim is an absolute rock star. So how, how does the group help? Did a great job. Huh? So how, how does the group, how does the committee and, and your group help, like like Texas, for example? Like how do you help? How do you get down at that state level? How does that work? Well, a couple of ways. Most of what it's been up to this point is a chapter, this issue that pops up in a state, chapter will reach out. One of the things we do, and we've done successfully. So I want to, pa- again, pause right there because you, you swept over this. You guys don't know exactly what's going on at the state level. You know what's going on at the Fed level. It is up to the state team or or you at the local chapter. If you see something coming down the pipeline that it's like, whoa, this is bad news. We need to let NARPM National know so that they can put it on their, you know, their list of, of, of you know, things to to spend time on and fight, right? And and we're and we actually so we have some tools at the national level that, that we, we actually use. We use a system called Quorum. And that that goes out and it scrapes like state and local like localities and then state legislatures and we we get that data and so as an example this week we're, we will be doing a training for your uh, for chapter leaders that we're at the Norfolk chapter leader training when I'm not sure if this airs before that or after that but we're doing a training for them to show how to be able to 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 get updated information about what's going on not only in their state but to be able to search any locality we also, with this new system, have, are able to build custom modules for, you know, state or local chapter that wants to you know, insert it on their website or just have access to it. You know, we we can sort of make that fit for what fits for the chapter. Uh, we also can help our chapters with calls to action. So, yeah, th- those wonderful, um, you know, click here and with one with one click, right? You can email your your state senator and your state assembly person. We can help. For, for those for the folks we have in our database, we can we can do text alerts. So you have these, you know, Pete. I'm sure you've gotten this in Texas, right? These wonderful text alerts where it comes to your phone and you hit the one button and it sends the the message to your state senator of, hey, I don't yep. like this or I really like this. I've got and I also I when I was a member, I used to get the emails from NARPM all the time, like, hey, just click here and send this email out. It's right. already pre-written exactly. for you. We can do that for chapters. We've worked with them on actually helping just review legislation. Not only myself, but Troy Garrett on our team and, and 
John Broadway. We, we're all creatures of the state legislature, so we've we read a ton of bills over the last, all of us over the last 20 or 30 years. That sounds, that sounds so exciting, reading a ton of bills. I don't know how you stay up. <laughs> I can see you just jumping to do it right now. No, oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm a policy nerd. I'm a policy Yeah, hey, that's what makes the world go around. That's, yeah, I'm so, weirdos like me. So, Tyler, give me an example. Like you, we've been doing this. You've been here at NARPM for working with working for the NARPM group for how long now? About uh, about seven years, actually. All right. So, go back into your into your bag and give me give me an example of one of the wins that we've had. Whether whether it was NARPM, you know, NARPM and 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 the, and the team of of conglomerates that we could partner with. But what's what's a win that we had at a national uh, level? And this, I think, was just one of the coolest coolest things. We remember during COVID, right? PPP money stuff that that kept a lot of businesses alive. Mm -hmm. Kept them alive. Well, if you recall, Pete, that originally was not tax deductible, even though you're sinking it into tax deductible expenses. That was an issue that, and I, you know, yeah, you you know, I hate to just point out one NARPA member, but I like to give credit when somebody's like, "Hey, hey, this is an issue," kind of thing. Michael McCreary in Atlanta said, "Hey, I noticed this." And so immediately we were during COVID as we were all quarantined, right? We were all in a, th in a meeting with members of Congress, both in terms of like groups of members, but then us as individuals, we constantly started bringing that up, bringing that up, bringing that up. And, and lo and behold, one of the later versions of CARES, one of the later, you know, acts that came on that was, oh, we, we didn't mean to not have that be tax deductible. Let's fix that. But that was something we started raising other groups started raising it as well, and it helped you know push it push it up the uh, priority. Nice. But that was the the first time the first time I heard it and and knew of it being told to a member of Congress was one of our members, and of course immediately our governmental affairs committee said yes, that's a priority. Please get that. Yeah. I also want to shout out because when when HUD had this, you know, what an emotional support animal versus you know, a, a pet versus, what's the other one? It was emotional support and it was assistance. assistance. Yeah. I think it's the collective. Yeah. So now, and so, I mean, we were part of that, right? To, to make them pre, make them define that a little bit more because it was very muddy for a while. It was multiple meetings, both of our, of our leadership, meeting with our leadership, meeting with HUD, meeting with enforcement staff, meeting with politically appointed level staff, uh, and also some individual meetings, taking uh, NARPA members like you know John John Bradford and his team. Shout out to Bradford, the pet screening yeah, team. Bradford, yep. uh, the expertise they were able to bring to the table, and, and just and then the other thing that we did is we we shared we we actually went out and collected a little bit quantitative but some qualitative data from our membership that we shared with HUD that they they were appreciative of. Right. And it, and it helped them be able to, to, to work through that, that guidance that's there now. Yeah. They finally, they finally put, put some like people to the, to like, they put a name to a face, so to speak. Right. They actually said, Oh, you're not just a big, bad, you know, faceless organization. You guys are, are, you know, just regular working stiffs, like, like the residents and, right. and right. <laughs> and, and we're able that, you know, now of course they see me as the big, bad, evil lobbyist. So whatever, but you, when you have members with you and they're like, look, we, we we're happy. We we want to abide by fair housing. We want we want to treat people right. Right. Tell we just need to know what the rules are. Yeah. Tell, just tell us the rules. We're happy to follow them. And and I, and I, I really think 
obviously on the staff side, we pushed this at the legislative level, staff to staff, we talked about it. At, but, but Pete, there was really nothing like us as just a, as, as an organization, our leadership sitting at the nice, at the nice little round, ta- round conference table with some of not, not only the uh, enforcement staff, not only some of the career folk, but some of the appointed folk. And that, I mean, that, that's, that truly is one where, you know, our efforts, I mean, we're, you know, we, we help, you know, push that, that proverbial rock up the mountainside. And so, so it's Tyler, a, if, if, so, story to tell. if somebody was listening to this and like, man, I want to, I want to give back. I want to be on the committee. Do you know, do you happen to know how they can join the committee? Absolutely. So there, there's a, a sign up link that I, I, I'm happy to, I'm happy to send. Is it on the narpum.org website it as is. well? It is. It okay. is. It's on, it's on narpum.org. You, you're, you are more than welcome to contact me directly at tcraddock at narpum.org. And that's C-R-A-D-D-O-C-K. Correct. Or you can, you can even call my office phone, which will ring right here, which is 202-918-1135. And if you are interested in participating in Narpum Governmental Affairs, uh, we can get you. We can get you plugged in. We are always appreciative of, of of our members stepping up because, you know, we're like I said, we're just staff. When they know we when they know we have members and constituents behind us, that makes a difference. And then, if they wanted to give to the PAC or to the Adv- advocacy fund, what's the best way? Just go to narpum.org. Correct, and un- and under under the legislative tab, there is a, a page for the uh, PAC and a page for the advocacy fund. And for the PAC now, people can set up monthly payments, so you can just, just set up you know hundred bucks a month and let it roll. Let it roll if you so choose. But we again, we, we appreciate everything. If you have, and you have questions about those, just feel free to let me know, and uh, get, I'll get you whatever information you need. Awesome. Well, listen, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. And we're going to put Tyler through the lightning round. Just because he's staff doesn't mean he doesn't go through the lightning round, folks. We're going to be right back. Have you ever considered hiring a property management virtual assistant, but didn't know where to start? Or have you tried hiring a virtual assistant, but you weren't satisfied with the number of qualified applicants? If so, VPM Solutions is here to help. VPM is the world's first virtual talent marketplace dedicated specifically to property management and real estate. We have thousands of talented virtual assistants ready to work for you, including assistance for accounting, leasing, maintenance coordination, rent collections, and much more. With VPM, you can post jobs, screen candidates, hire and pay your virtual assistants, all from within our state-of-the-art platform. VPM is the easy button for hiring and managing your virtual team. And the best part, VPM Solutions is 100% free to employers. That's right, free. No placement fees, no employer markups, and no hidden charges. With VPM, property managers get the talent they need while reducing costs and improving customer service. Visit vpmsolutions.com and create your free account today. PestShare, a pest control amenity for your resident benefits program, starting at just $5 per door. You can give your residents the pest control coverage they need PestShare will even pay for the expensive infestations like bedbugs and cockroaches. End the debate over who pays for pest control, while PestShare turns an expense into added revenue. For more information, check out their website at pestshare.com forward slash property managers. 
Create the best move-in experience for your resident or homeowner. Citizen Home Solutions is a utility concierge service designed to assist with services needing activation prior to moving into a new home. Our experienced team will help eliminate the stress of setting up services. No more calling a long list of service providers to get everything connected and ready for move-in day. Your client will value the white glove service provided on your behalf. True, Citizen Home Solutions assist with utilities, but more importantly, we create an experience that your client will appreciate and love. Our service is free and offers you a revenue share program. Want to know more? Visit pmcpartner.com. All right, welcome back, everybody. All right, Todd, are you ready for the the lightning round? I now have I now have some some more tea. I am refreshed. I am. You're ready to go. All right. I hope. <laughs> All right. What was your first job? Washing dishes in a steakhouse in Ridgeway, Virginia. I was. What is your ideal vacation? Cruise. Does pineapple belong on pizza? Oh no. <laughs> What is, the, what is one of the stupidest things you've done when starting uh, your business or career? A bunch to pick from there. I would say just lose it, losing my focus on what's most important. What is something most people don't know about you? I'm an absolute sci-fi nerd. I love some Doctor Who. If you could have dinner with anyone who's alive, who would it be? Oh, that, that, that's actually a really good question. Notice I said alive because if I say dead, everybody says Jesus or Muhammad or, yeah, or something. I know, you, know? So you can't. And yeah. I couldn't even say Reagan or something like that. <laughs> um, I guess dinner with, with with anyone alive. I don't know. I've, the Pope. There you I go. The Pope, of course. There you, there you go. You get some good wine with them at least, right? <laughs> right. What Disney character do you most associate with? No, well, and probably people would agree with me, Tigger. Tigger. Do you prefer dogs or cats? Dogs, most definitely. Dogs guy. All right, you are off the lightning round, man. Great job. Great job. <laughs> so if you're listening to this and you're not a member of NARPM, not sure why, get become a member. You go to NARPM, N-A-R-P-M.org, or call the good folks at 800-782-3452. If you want to join the legislative committee, or you want to reach out to Tyler, go ahead, Tyler, go ahead and give back that information again, phone number and email. Absolutely. T Craddock, T-C-R-A-D-D-O-C-K at narpum.org. Phone number, this is my direct dial, 202-918-1135. And if you want to free up time so that you can join the governmental affairs group or that you can be part of the advocacy for landlords and property managers, you need to hire a virtual assistant. So give us a try at vpmsolutions.com. It's a free cost for you to get matched with over 31,000 remote team members. Tyler, thank you so much for being here. Really appreciate you, buddy. And keep fighting the good fight for us. Thank you, Pete. It's been a pleasure to join you today. This has been a production of the National Association of Residential Property Managers, the recognized leader in property management, along with your host, Pete Newbig, CEO of VPM Solutions, where property management meets global talent. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the host and are not necessarily those of NARPM. If you have a hot topic you'd like discussed on the podcast, please email us at radio at narpum.org. 